this day of worship, I just ask that you remind us uh, of what we just sang, and I would adamantly agree that nothing comes close to you, God, but I reflect on my decisions, and sometimes those are not aligned with that statement. So I ask today that you remind me, that you remind us of all that you've done for us, of your immense love, God, and that we have the opportunity to live that out through our actions, that nothing and no one is as important, is as significant as you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. We're going to continue discussing and thinking about and talking about uh, the disciplines, and I have the opportunity now to to speak for just a minute on uh, Scripture study. And so I will tell you openly and honestly, I was holding out for prayer. Maybe they would ask me to do something on prayer. Prayer, I got it. Like, I can, you know, pray. I spend time in prayer. Prayer's a good thing. I should talk about prayer. So... Mike did a great job, and, and Mike got to do that, and I was like, okay, celebration, like worship, like I, I can find the right radio station, I can put in the right CD, I can sing some songs, maybe they'll ask me to talk about worship and about celebration, I got that. Uh, and so I was not asked uh, to talk about either one of those, um, I get the opportunity to talk about scripture study. So maybe uh, scripture study has uh, a bit of intimidation for you. Uh, maybe, you know, you are uh, one of those people that are like, all right, I'm going to study the scripture, so God, you're going to teach me something from, oh, Song of Solomon, that's awkward, Um, okay, so, you know, I don't know if anybody does that, but uh, that's one way that scripture study may occur, Um, but I think that when we talk about studying scripture, there's there's three big takeaways. Uh, The first thing we do is we begin with prayer. And we ask God, um, through the scripture, speak to me. Through the Holy Spirit, allow me to be convicted of something. Allow me to learn something. Tell me through the scripture what you want me to learn or what you want me to do. The second thing is when I read this scripture, I should understand a little bit of the context. What did this teaching or what did this story mean to the people at that time who were hearing it? And then the third thing is for me, what should this story, what should this teaching mean to me today? In 2018, what is my takeaway from what I'm reading? Uh, So we're going to look just briefly at Colossians chapter 3. So if you want to turn, if you're in the Pew Bible, it is page 1184. And we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. A quick overview uh, when we talk about Um, the context, if you are reading any of the Gospels, uh, kind of the background context is Jesus is challenging the authority of the Jewish leaders, and they don't like it. If you are reading any of Paul's letters that he's written to the new churches, there's something going wrong in the new churches, and he's trying to correct it. Could be false teachings, could be things where the people are not uh, 100% 
uh, working together and there's conflict in the church, whatever it is, Paul is trying to correct some of the issues that are going on in the church at the time. So let's read Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him and glory. So, like a good teacher, I decided to do this myself. You know, I don't want to stand in front of a classroom and teach them something that I haven't learned myself. I don't want to give a lab or an activity that I haven't done myself because that's a guarantee that it's going to go terribly and I'm not going to know what to do. And 15-year-olds that see adults not knowing what they're doing in front of the class doesn't go well. So um, I prayed before I read this and, and I did, God, what do you want me to hear? What do I need to take away from this? And so for Jay... Could be completely different for you. Uh, For Jay, what was highlighted to me was set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And so what I feel like my takeaway from this set of scripture was, Jay, you are focused on things that are temporary. You are focused on what's happening tomorrow. You are focused on what's happening this week. Think about things above. Think about your actions, think about the decisions you are making, and think about them with eternal ramifications. Now, that was a little scary at first, like, oh my gosh, like eternity doesn't end. Um, But also, if I'm going to stand in front of you, if I'm going to have conversations and interactions with people and say, I'm a follower of Jesus, that's kind of the mindset I need to have. I don't need to be thinking about how this conversation is changing one minute from now or one day from now or one month from now, I need to be thinking eternally, is this a person who is connected to Jesus? And if not, what is my life doing to help direct them towards the significance of being connected with Jesus? So uh, I think there are many takeaways that people could potentially get from this. It could be like me, set your mind on things above You know, focus on the eternal. Uh, There's a part in here, you have been raised with Christ. I think maybe somebody who is new to the faith, that that is kind of reminding them, you are not the person you used to be. You have been raised with Christ. You are a new creation. I think an additional takeaway... Um, particularly with somebody who's going through some tough times, uh, is the line in there that your life is hidden with Christ. You may have made some poor decisions. You may have gone down the wrong path. You may be going through some stuff that is just not enjoyable. But regardless of what happens, you know that you have assurance through your relationship with Christ. I want to give you two resources. Um, Obviously, if you um, have a a study Bible, you know, some of these will give you overviews of some of the books or give you some feedback on some of the context. Um, But there's two resources when we talk about what does the Scripture mean to the people who are hearing it. Um, One of them is Faith Life. You can get an app if you're a tech person. Uh, There's a hard copy of it, but a Faith Life 
Bible study. There's also a program called Lagos, or if you read it and you're not familiar with it, Logos, L-O-G-O-S. Same thing, there's an app for it. It gives you some background, a little bit of commentary. So when you go to read Scripture, if you're reading something you're not familiar with, or if you want some background on it, that's a great thing that you can open and just in 30 or 60 seconds get a little snapshot of what's going on at the time when you're reading the Scripture, be it something from Paul or something in the Old Testament. So I would encourage you uh, to not let Scripture study be an intimidating factor, but, but uh, allow it to be something uh, where the Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you through what you're reading. Let's pray. Time to come together to celebrate you and to learn different, uh, different methods of connecting with you, of growing with you. And I just thank you that you give us these opportunities to do that. And so I just pray for this time that we uh, talk about the discipline of meditation, that you would open our hearts uh, to the truth um, of what this discipline is and how to connect with you through it. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, take a seat. Thanks, Troy. Okay, so we are going to talk about the discipline of meditation. And this is my favorite discipline. Um, It is... So simple, but I have found it to be impactful and transformational in a holistic way in my spiritual life. And so I'm just excited to be able to share a little bit with you. Um, Meditation is also biblical. We see throughout Scripture the command to meditate on God's Word. And we see time after time the authors of the Bible telling us how they've meditated on who God is and on God's law and how good and beneficial that is for us. Um, So Hopefully we can get a little bit out of that today, too. So um, Christian meditation opens our hearts. It makes room for God's grace and his love and his transformative powers. And it helps us better understand um, how God's talking to us, what he's saying to us. It helps us turn our our focus towards him. And it, it, it guides us into a moment of worship and allows us to worship him in transformational ways. So the hope today is that we can come away with this basic concept of meditation. I want to give you a quick resource. It's an app on your phone. It's called Abide. It's a guided prayer and meditation app, and it's based on scripture. Um, And that's what it looks like if you search for it on your iPhone. Um, It's a really cool app. It gives you, you can pick three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It just guides you through um, prayer and meditation and gives you prompts. So if you're like, "Mm, meditation, I don't know about this. This is a cool way to just kind of start your practice and see if it's something that works for you. All right, so let's quickly talk about what Christian meditation is. It's an intentional focus on thought but specifically on thought about God and about his character or a a passage of scripture or maybe just a verse from a passage or maybe it's just a deep thought on a word or something that stood out to you from something you were reading. It's just an intentional deep thinking. It's thinking deeply about what scripture says, but it's going beyond the surface. It's diving deeper into the meaning behind it with, the, with our thoughts and with our imagination. So it's kind of like we get to chase the rabbit down the rabbit hole. Um, and I do that a lot anyways, so I get to do that as a spiritual practice, but it's spirit-guided. It's guided by the Holy Spirit. It's making room for the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts and our imagination toward himself. So the purpose of Christian meditation is to think deeply, 
And if the purpose of meditation is to think deeply about God, about what he's saying in Scripture, the idea then is to prepare our minds and prepare our hearts for prayer and for worship. So I found this little quote, and it says, Scripture fuels meditation, and meditation fuels prayer and worship. It's all connected, and meditation is right there in the middle. Um, So it helps us apply what we've learned from the Bible, what we've learned about God, but it helps us to do that in a way where we're slowing down and we're thinking deeply about what Scripture is saying and about who God is. So we have to remember that meditation makes room for God to commune with us and to reveal himself to us and to transform us. And we also have to remember it's not about because what we do. It's because God's been given the room to transform our hearts. So there are different kinds of ways to meditate. There's no really right or wrong way. We're just going to go over two quick options that have been helpful for me. Um, So the first one is just called the meditation upon scripture. Um, And this is like the central reference point for which all other meditation falls back to. It's important that we stick with the truth and the facts in scripture. So it always comes back to the truth of what God, of how God reveals himself through his word. Okay, so this first practice centers around internalizing and personalizing what we've been reading. Um, so the idea is to take a single event in scripture, or maybe a parable that Jesus has told, and allowing ourselves to really take root into that story, and to shift from being a passive observer to being an active participant in this story. So we seek to, to live in this experience, and we do so by tuning into all of our senses. I wonder what it smelled like. I wonder what it sounded like. I wonder what it felt like. I wonder what it was like to be there in that moment. So um, one that has always helped me kind of dive into the imaginative side of it is um, in Luke 8. There's a woman who's been sick for 12 years, and there's no doctor who can fix her. And she's given up all her money. There's no cure. She's isolated. She's an outcast. She doesn't have any more hope. There's no hope for a cure. But then she hears about this man, Jesus, who's coming to her town. And there's a large crowd of people. And they're waiting for Jesus. And they're anticipating his coming. And I just think, gosh, what would it be like to be this woman in this crowd? And this is her last hope for healing. What would it feel like to know that this man you've heard about healing and performing miracles is coming directly in your path? What would it sound like? Would there be a lot of chatter? What would the anticipation feel like? What would it smell like? For some reason, I picture being in a marketplace, and I think of like bread smells and food smells and dirt, maybe rain, maybe the spring air. But then I think, what would it be like As Jesus walked by you and you reached out and you touched the fringe of his garment, would it be soft? Would it be rough? What would it feel like to have the power of Jesus come into your body and heal this thing that nobody could fix for you and you're healed? And then what would it feel like to have Jesus stop and say, wait, who touched me? I can't even imagine. My heart would be beating out of my chest. And then to lock eyes with the creator of the universe. And he looks at you and says, it's okay, sister, you're healed. Live in peace. Like, I can't even imagine. 
But that's, that's it. We just meditated. We just meditated on Scripture. We dove deeply into it. We became part of the experience, right? So that's one way that we can meditate on Scripture. Another way is this, and it's called the centering down method, and it's from Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. And so this is the idea of just becoming still. It's allowing the fragmentations and the compartmentalization of our minds to just become centered on Scripture. And so there's this idea, this method called the palms down, palms up method. So I'm going to read this to you, and then we're just going to practice it really fast together because it's kind of cool. So, palms down, palms up. It's a symbolic gesture that represents surrendering or turning over any concerns you may have to God. Begin by placing your palms down on your lap. Inwardly, you may pray something like, Lord, I give you my anger towards somebody, or I release my fear of something, or I surrender my anxiety or my frustrations. You're surrendering something over to him. So anything that's weighing on your mind or concerning you, you just let him know, and then to yourself, you just say, palms down, and you release it. And you just sit in that surrender for a moment. And then when you're ready, you turn your palms up as a symbol of desire to receive from the Lord. You might say something like, Lord, I would like to receive your divine love for somebody, or I would like to receive your peace about something or your wisdom for something. Whatever it is that you need from him, you ask him, and then you just say, palms up. And then you just remain in the stillness. You don't ask for anything. You don't expect anything. You just allow yourself to be in the moment. If something impresses on you or something like a direction comes to you, that's great. And if not, that's okay too. Okay, so we're going to practice this together. So anytime we're talking about meditating and we're sitting down, what we want to do is first focus on our posture, right? So we don't want to be slouching. We want to have good posture. Be comfortable. You don't have to be stiff and rigid, but just straight back, shoulders down. We hold stress in our shoulders, in our neck, in our face. If your brow's furrowed, give it a little wiggle unclench your jaw. If your tongue's pressed up on the top of the roof of your mouth, let it fall down. That's what we do sometimes when we're stressed. Your feet are flat on the floor. And now place your hands, palms down, in your lap. So for the sake of time, I'll say out loud, palms down, palms up. But we're going to go through this together. So if you're comfortable with it, gently close your eyes and just be in this moment. With your palms down, this is your time to tell God what you would like to release to him. Palms down. If you haven't already, go ahead and turn your palms up. This is your time to surrender it over to God. And allow yourself to just be still in this moment. For the sake of time, I'm going to cut us off. But that's a technique that we can use, a form of meditation, to just allow God to have the room to commune with us and to commune with him. So those are two techniques 
there are more. I have a few book references. If you want to see the Abide app, I'd be happy to show it to you on my phone. It's my favorite app. So thank you for uh, sitting through that with me. I know sometimes that's uncomfortable for some of us. Silence is a very strange thing. So that's just an overview of meditation. Um, so I'll just pray us out of that really fast. So that is-